Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make the your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V 50 to get your f- first 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game begins. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Nuggets. Today, as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Gage Bridgeford. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Glad to be back. Glad to talk Nuggets again. We are in kind of the dead zone for content, and so we are going to, of course, be doing what everybody on any podcast ever does when covering a team. We're talking superlatives today. Yeah, we are officially in the offseason of the offseason. We are in August, which is when people are going back to school, but for us NBA fans, uh, there's nothing much to talk about. So we're just going to go through some, you know, superlatives today, which is peak offseason content. And there's nothing really news-wise to cover. We've seen some workout footage from MPJ and Jamal Murray. Uh, Bones Highland has been playing pro-ams and Brandon Goodwin through a punch. But besides those things, nothing really to cover there. Uh, so... I figure we'll just dive right into it. Uh, The first and potentially most important superlative of today. Who do you think is going to be the team X factor outside of the obvious and Nikola Jokic? Like who, who do you think is that guy? Uh, For me, no doubt it's Michael Porter jr. Uh, I mean, Jamal Murray matters. There's no, there's no way around that. Obviously non Jokic, guy that has to do something it's mpj not including like like kcp is interesting from the standpoint of you swapped out will barton who was a fan favorite you swapped out obviously monte morris to get kcp so he needs to do well but mpj is the can make so many more lineups work with his ability to shoot as well as being an excellent rebounder both on both ends of the floor yeah, his de- like I want his defense to take another step, but just his shooting makes everything work so much better because when you pair him with Aaron Gordon, who's not the best shooter, there opens up there's so much more space for him to cut to the rim. When he plays alongside KCP, it'll give him obviously room to shoot, but also room to cut to the rim off of Jokic passes and Mur- and gives Murray room to drive and get to the and get to the hole and kick out to shooters. MPJ's health and just shooting ability because when he's played last season, it was a pretty big struggle for him. It was, he had easily the worst shooting stretch of, I'm sure his entire basketball life shot 35.9% from the field, 20.8% from uh, on threes, 55.6% on free throws. That was in, that was over the course of nine games playing 29.4 minutes per game, average just 9.9 points per game. It was an absolutely brutal, few games for him before he left. I think that a lot of that had to do with, he was dealing with an injury that he was trying to play through. And that's kind of what you have to hope for heading into this season is that it was just an injury that he was playing through and that that's not going to be 
the the norm moving forward because if he is right he can put up 30 points in the blink of an eye like that the clay thompson 60 points without dribbling or whatever the stupid number was that's that's what mpj is capable of doing because he when he gets white hot there's he is one of the hottest shooters the league has yeah i agree with a lot of your points uh specifically with that nine game stretch I'm fairly certain that that was an injury thing because if you watch him, he just wasn't moving like he typically does. Um, And it was a really rough patch of games for him. He did show some improvements on defense and passing in that time, which was something to take some hope in that that carries over to this season. Uh, Like you mentioned, his spacing, his gravity just affects the four a lot because you cannot leave MPJ open at all. You have to stay attached to him. And I think it's likely that we see him stagger with some of the bench lineups too. Uh, But personally for me, the X factor, I'm going to go with Bones Highland just because I think with uh, the bench, so much is riding on Bones this offseason. If you want to know anything about the Nuggets bench, I wrote a uh, 4,000 word piece on the Nuggets bench for the Stiffs last week. And it's very exhaustive, as you can imagine, from 4,000 words. So if you want to see what I have to say about Bones uh, and just the rest of the bench unit, you can look there for more detailed analysis with you know film and all that. But Bones is... He's primed to take a, a jump. And I think that with you know, the flashes he showed last year and the opportunity he's going to have this year. He has the opportunity to be a sixth man of the year candidate. I don't think that's unrealistic to put on him. And I think that's what the Nuggets are going to need from him. Not necessarily to win the award, but to be at least in consideration for, you know, that sort of player where they need him to run that bench unit by himself almost because they got rid of a lot of the playmaking that the Nuggets had on the roster last season for more defense. And I think a lot of those moves were good moves. I think the majority of the moves they made this offseason were good. It just puts more pressure onto, you know, Bones Highland, who is a young player, struggled with consistency a bit last season, but overall was a huge, huge success for the Nuggets uh, with him averaging, I think, 13 or 14 points per game after the All-Star break on really good efficiency was a really good playmaker in the time where he was you know, playing backup point guard. You could see just the flip from when the Nuggets were playing you know, Faku Campazzo to Bones Highland. There was a big difference in those bench units, and they're going to need him to take another step from that and really run the show for the bench unit by himself because there is not too much more playmaking on that bench unit. Bruce uh, Brown can do some secondary stuff, but he's not much of a a playmaker really. You know, you look at Christian Brown or Devon Reed, whoever you want slotted in as that backup three, neither of them are really playmakers either. And then uh, Zeke Naji and Jeff Green are not exactly playmakers in their own right either. Uh, so a lot of that is going to hinge on him. I think he has the potential to make the jump uh, that fans want to see from him, that you know the front office wants to see from him. 
I think he will meet those expectations. I expect him to bring uh, a very microwave sort of score to the bench unit with, you know, really good playmaking. I also think that if he struggles, the Nuggets struggle, which is why I think he's that X factor. You know, if he goes really well, I think the Nuggets are looking really good. They're probably going to be a top seed. If he struggles, the bench struggles. And if the bench struggles, the Nuggets struggle. So there's a lot riding on him, but I think he has what it takes to, you know, meet those expectations. You know, I don't, I don't disagree. I think Bones is a valuable piece. I will say, yeah, Bones or uh, Bruce Brown Jr., little bit more of a playmaker than he might get credit for he's not he's not a run the offense type of guy but if he's out there with bones i do think that he he gives them another legitimate ball handler uh during his time with the nets yeah he didn't do that a whole lot but when you have kevin durant and kyrie irving and james harden among others on the floor with you you're not going to handle the ball a whole lot but there were a couple of games throughout the last throughout last season when Harden was gone or out and Kyrie Irving wasn't playing where it was where he was a primary ball handler and he would get four to five assists tonight yeah no he's not going to be your he's not going to get eight nine ten but if you're getting him off the bench and he can still he can just get keep the ball moving effectively he get I think he's a better distributor than people probably think but yeah Bones is going to be the guy that the bench hinges on especially because if since he's not going to get that two guard spot next to Murray in the starting lineup, he is going to be with Monte Morris gone now. That he's got to be the new guy that when Malone goes to the bench, he can have confidence in because we've seen that Malone is he doesn't always trust the youngest. He doesn't always trust younger guards uh, right away, and right now he's going to have to put a lot of faith in Bones. And I think that Bones can meet that challenge. And it's just going to and if he can, then like you said. If he meets the challenge, it's going to go a long way towards uh, Denver's success next year. Yeah, I, I think with Bruce Brown, he he's actually a pretty good pick and roll operator, uh, to your point. Uh, but yeah, with the X Factor, Gage says MPJ. I say Bones Highland. Let us know what you think, you know, whatever. Uh, the next superlative is the most likely to be the team MVP outside of Again, Nikola Jokic, just because that's the obvious pick. Um, for me, I think it's probably Jamal Murray. He is coming off of an ACL injury that has kept him out for a long time. However, he's 100% healthy. You know, he's back to uh, being comfortable playing. It will take some time to get back into game shape and get reacclimated to playing in the NBA and the speed the the game goes at and all that kind of stuff. But I think after a few months pass and the minutes restrictions slowly get uh, more and more, you know, um, liberating with, with it less restrictive, I think we'll see Jamal Murray shake off that rust and get back to what he was before he got injured, which was a near all-star level player. And in my opinion, a all-star level player, he was, doing a lot of the things that he was doing in the bubble not to the same level but he was a far more confident finisher than he was prior in his career uh, like sans the bubble he was playing good defense he was doing a lot of things that just you're like damn this guy is a top player and i think 
eventually he can get back to that this season. I think fans should have, you know, a not uh, don't have high, high expectations for him off the bat. I think you need to give him time to re- uh, recover, to get reacclimated, like I said, to shake off that rust. But I think after he gets, you know, going and is able to push through, I think then he will have the biggest impact on winning outside of Jokic. He is the franchise's second best player, and I think he'll continue to show that this season. I want to be different. I want to say a different player, but I can't. The non-Jokic team MVP in my mind is Jamal Murray because if when Jokic isn't the guy, Murray is the guy. It's that's how it works. He's the team, like you said, the team's second best player, and that's not a knock on Murray, who is a fantastic player and is out in his own right. It's just you play next to the guy that's won back-to-back MVPs and oftentimes looks like the best player in the world. And that's not a knock on any other player in the league, Giannis or whoever, but just Jokic is pretty damn good at this whole basketball thing. Murray in his seat in before he got injured in 2021, 21.2 points per game, 47 uh, career high, 47.7% uh, from the floor, uh, career best 40.8% from three point range. On, and that was on 6.6 attempts uh, per game, which is also a career high. Uh, 86.9% from the free throw line, averaging uh, 4.8 assists per game, which was tied for a career high, 1.3 steals per game. Again, career high, just was doing the best that he had done in pretty much every category that mattered all like in like for his career. And that's what you need from your guy. That's your second best guy. He registered his best defensive box plus minus, which was a negative 0.7, but and people are like, oh, well, it's still negative. It's like, yeah, well, that's okay. He's an it's because he brought up 2.7 on the other end, which was far and away his best mark on offensive box plus minus on the other end of the floor. So he is he is consistently improved every year. And like you said, everybody should temper expectations. Don't expect him to come out of the gate putting up like if he comes out on opening night and puts up 25, five and five, I will be stunned. I am going to project he's probably going to start a little slow and that's okay the guy hasn't played organized basketball for a year and a half and i know that every what everyone's going to say everyone's going to say well the guy's had a year and a half off he shouldn't have any conditioning issues he should be ready to go okay well you can't simulate live basketball with offseason stuff that's not how this works he's not he's not one of the many guys playing drew league he's not doing any of that we've seen clips of him working out and playing but there you can't just simulate live basketball that is going to take a little bit of time and i'm sure that he will he's going to start a little slow and then as he ramps up i think that he can definitely make a push to make an all-star team this year for the first time for the first time of his career you can make the argument that i mean i think if he was healthy last year he would have made the all-star team just based on the the list of all-stars that we had with i mean andrew wiggins ended up starting in the all-star game so yeah, Jamal Murray is the one. I I wanted to be different, but I just couldn't. Yeah, I, I think Jamal, he's going to have like a game or two in November or December, and people are going to be like, oh, hey, hey, this Jamal Murray guy, he might be back. I think you see him really ramp up in January, February. Uh, but I think out the gate, he will be a little slower, 
but I think, you know, he'll have a game or two where he shows you, oh, yeah, no, that's Jamal Murray. And, you know, as the season goes on, he'll get closer and closer to that. Now we're going to get to the more uh, off-season-y superlatives. Let's start with uh, most likely Nugget to have a 50-point game. Who are you taking? Most likely to have a 50-point game? It's, it, it's Murray for me, actually. I wanted to say Jokic because Jokic can just do that, but I also think that it's going to be it's Murray for me because of his shooting ability and because Jokic has no problem putting up 12, 14 and 15 on a night. He like he, he I know that he likes doing that. He has no problem being the dirty work guy. He has no problem being the assist guy. And I think that Murray, if you just catch him on one of those rare nights where he does just get hot from outside, that's when he's going to put up the crazy high-scoring game. I mean, he's got multiple 50-point games in his career thus far. He has, let's see, he put up 50. in Like, his career high in the regular season is 50. His career high in the postseason is also 50. So he's done it multiple times. If he can just get hot from three-point range – that's all it takes for him because he's that damn good and he's that hot of a shooter. That and the re- main reason I have him over uh, like MPJ is from the standpoint of I think MPJ is going to be on a bit of a minutes restriction this year. I just I think that Malone is going to be smart and doesn't isn't going to want to run him into the ground and is going to really want to make sure that he's good to go for the playoffs. And I think that when the playoffs roll around, we might see that minutes we should see that minutes minutes restriction come off. But Murray, I think that after he gets rolling, I think that there won't be any issues on him. His ability to drive to the hole, uh, shoot at the rim, as well as from mid-range and from outside is why I would peg him as the top choice for a 50-point 50 50 point game. I think that Jokic could definitely do it, but I also think that when everybody's at full strength, I think he's the most willing to let somebody else uh, claim that title. Yeah, I think it's likely that the Nuggets see multiple 50-point games this season from different players. I think we might see a Murray one. I think we might see an MPJ one. I think we might see a Jokic one. I think two of those three are going to have 50-point games, uh, whether that be later in the season, you know, when they're going to be on less minutes restrictions or Jokic has to assert himself in a game early in the season because Jamal Murray and MPJ are, you know, still picking up steam and that sort of thing. And a dark horse, maybe a bones 50 piece, you know, like Mo Williams has 50 piece games. Corey Brewer had a 50 piece game. So bones Highland one night gets the start over Jamal Murray. Cause he's resting on a back to back. Maybe. You know, uh, I'd probably say the most likely is Jokic uh, because I think early in the season he's going to still have to carry the the scoring load like he has been the past couple of seasons. But as the season goes on, MPJ and Jamal Murray are more than capable of getting as hot as, you know, anyone in the league from shooting. They're both insane microwave shooters if they really get going. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Either of them get a 50-piece, but I'll go with Jokic because, you know, of his leaps that he's made the past couple of seasons, and I think he will have to put up 50 on a night uh, to, you know, really get the Nuggets to win there. 
Yeah, I like I said, I can't fault you for having Jokic there. If Jokic got one, I'm not going to be stunned. Even if it came on a night when Murray was fully healthy and active, Jokic just has the ability sometimes in those games where it's just, hey, Jokic has 20 in the first quarter and he's taken 11 shots, and you're like, how in the hell did that happen? How did the team? How did the like the opponent? not be like hey you know that guy that's won two mvps in a row we should go ahead and guard that guy nah now nah, we're gonna start the we're gonna start the game and give Jokic 20 in the first on 10 of 11 shooting so yeah i could definitely see Jokic being one of the guys to get it uh, i was just if i i was like if i gotta pick one it'd be murray just and i could see it happening in, in like one of those march games where everyone is where like they caught a team right after the trade deadline they just everybody somebody just sold off everything and they just blow the team out of the water, kind of like the uh, like that game against the Hawks last season, where in December, where the Nuggets put up, I think it was like one twenty seven, and like every single Nuggets player had their best game of the year that night, other than like Jokic. <clears throat> that's the one. That's kind of what I'm thinking is like he just gets white hot in the at near the end of the year when he's finally got his legs underneath him, and that's when he's uh, and he just has one night where he's really rolling, and everyone's like. Oh shit! Here comes Denver. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's a possibility, and I, I can't fault you for having Jamal because when he gets hot, he's hot. Um, I can't wait for the uh, March game where he puts up fifty-five on the Jazz. But yeah, I the next one. Let's do most likely to make an all defensive team. I think that there are multiple guys who are capable of playing all defensive sort of defense, whether they actually get the votes necessary to make those teams separate uh, situation. But I think that Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown are capable of playing that sort of level of defense. And if Bruce Brown gets enough minutes, maybe he makes it. I don't know if he plays enough to get that sort of consideration. So I'm going to go with Aaron Gordon because with you know the Nuggets getting more point of attack defenders this offseason, with them getting serviceable perimeter defenders, which they have not had in years past, I think they're going to start using Aaron Gordon in a role that is more what he should be used in uh, to at least maximize his defensive potential. I think you see him more as a help defender, more as someone who's free safetying, you know, what what you know like Jimmy Butler does for the heat where he just plays off of guys gets in passing lanes not necessarily to that extent but i think you see him less covering Steph Curry Jordan Poole and you see him more guarding you know forwards and big guards which is what he was originally brought in to do they just didn't have the perimeter defense to have other guys on them or they'd be cooked I think this season you see him take a leap. Yeah, Aaron Gordon is who I would go with from the standpoint of a guy that I think is going to get minutes. Um, and But since you took him, I'm going to go with the other guy that you mentioned, Bruce Brown. I Anybody that's listened to our podcast knows that I am a big Bruce Brown fan. I am going – I love watching him play. I'm sure even if he goes out all season and just has his worst year by far and looks like the worst acquisition of the offseason, I will still – Stan Bruce Brown and think that it was the right call. I don't know. I will say, I don't know what the mistake was, but it wasn't Bruce Brown's fault because he's great. 
I think that he does have legitimate all defense potential. I also think that there is a greater, I think there's a greater than zero chance that he could start games at shoot at shooting guard throughout the year. I think that he could, I like if he ended up with start like multiple starts throughout the season and not just because of injury, I wouldn't be at all surprised. I understand that most people would be like, well, you just traded big stuff for KCP. You paid him, you gave him an extension. Shouldn't that be your guy that you're guaranteed starting? Yeah. But I think that Bruce Brown has sometimes in certain matchups is the guy that I would almost rather start over starting KCP, like against Golden State. I would love to have Bruce Brown out there to chase around either like to chase around Clay Thompson or Steph Curry for the majority of those minutes over having KCP do it. And that's not saying KCP can't. It's just Brown's a little young, is a little younger, probably has a little more energy to him and might be able to stick to him a little better. It'll also be a little easier for him to get around screens because KCP is a little bigger guy, not like huge, but he's just, he's bigger than Brown is. And I think that Brown has the right mental makeup to be a, just a thorn in the opponent's side. I don't think that he's going to be quite as annoying as uh, like a Patrick Beverly type, but I think that he can be, he can be, I think he can be the defender that everyone thinks that Patrick Beverly still is. I could buy that. I, like I mentioned, Bruce Brown, he might honestly have a better defensive year than Aaron Gordon. I still think Aaron Gordon gets more minutes and is probably the best, the better player overall. But he yeah, might if Aaron Gordon doesn't get more minutes, impact. that's pro- that's bad. Like if Aaron Gordon gets fewer minutes yeah. than Bruce Brown Jr., he got injured or something went terribly, terribly wrong. Yeah, I, I agree. The this is this will be the second to last one. Who do you think is the most likely to be a 50-40-90? efficiency guy on the team mpj yeah uh, I, I don't really know if there's anyone else it's jamal's the other one like Jam- yeah. those are those are the those are the options it's not it, there's no like here's the thing Jokic could get it on limited um three-point volume i just don't see him just hitting 40 percent of his threes jamal mm-hmm. shot 47 from the field 40 from three and 86 from um free throw from the free throw line in his last season mpj has already approached has already approached a 50 40 90 season like this it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be completely out of the realm of pot. for his career he averages 51 41 and 79 uh from the free throw line on that last one he shot 83 percent from the free throw line in his uh rookie season uh 79 in his second year uh and then i'm not really gonna hold last year against him he shot 55 percent but I'm pretty sure that he shot like six, he shot nine free throws in nine games. So I'm not going to hold that one against him too much, but MPJ or Jamal Murray are like, those are your two, two options. But I think that MPJ has a high enough percentage around the rim. Um, He's in his two full seasons. He shot 40, he shot over 40% from three, uh, from three. So he just has to bring up his free throw percentage. And as a, guy with a good shooting stroke i don't think that that is just completely impossible for him to do it could be tough but i don't think it's impossible yeah i agree i both of those are fair choices i would lean more mpj because you know jamal murray is taking more difficult shots he's going to be doing more off the dribble he's going to be taking higher volume of shots as well but i think mpj 
his off ball scoring, you know, you've all watched the games, you know, how good he is at that. Uh, Jamal Murray too. I just think that MPJ's play style lends itself more to that sort of production. Um, now the last superlative we'll do before we get out of here, who of the guys who weren't in the rotation last year, and we won't include KCP or Bruce Brown, uh, who of the new guys or out of the rotation guys from last season. So like Vlatko, Zeke, that sort of uh, crowd, who of those are most likely to come out and make an impact and be like the eighth guy off the Nuggets bench. Does Devon Reed count? We can do Devon. I, I think that's fine. Okay. Then it's because it's Devon Reed for me, or at least that's who I think it should be. I don't know if it will be because for whatever mm-hmm. reason, the Nuggets just don't always want to play guys that are good at basketball, but I think it should be Devon Reed. He's what you want in a modern wing. He's 6'5", 208 pounds, so he's not, so and he's got good length. He can shoot. He shot 43% from three-point range last year. He shot 50% from the field. He doesn't mind doing the dirty work on defense. He averaged 1.1 st- 1.1 I believe steals per game. Yeah, or no, 0.5 steals per game, 0.2 blocks per game. But I believe if I extrapolate that over a 36-minute span, it was 1.3 steals per 36 minutes, 0.5 blocks. Well, he averaged under one turnover per 36 minutes. He He's everything you want in a modern wing. Now, if you want to argue, oh, well, he played too much last year, he doesn't really qualify, then the guy that I would want to see would be Zeke Naji. I think that Zeke is a guy that has – a lot of potential and it just is a matter of him putting it all together when he's out there. I have liked the shooting stroke. I think that he fits well with Jokic. I think that he can space the floor a lot for you um, whenever he's out there with lineups that don't have a ton of shooting. So Bones Highland can get hot from outside, but he can also get a little trigger happy and maybe not, may not always be the best shot for uh, the offense for him to put up a three. Well, Zeke Naji can be a better option for you there. And Bruce Brown, also not the best three-point shooter, but Zeke can help space the floor for both of those guys to drive to the rim. Um, so if it's not Devon Reed, who that's who I think should be the team's like eighth guy off the bench, uh, Zeke Naji is a guy that I think can make a big difference for this team, especially like if he, especially if he's able to take that next step on defense. I think that he can have a very pivotal role. I mean, this is a huge season for him uh, for his NBA future moving forward. But I think that if he can stay on the floor and just take a, take one micro step on defense. His offense is going to be, can be a huge help to the team and can then make it to where when the bench is on the floor and the, the starters are sitting on the bench, the unit is not a complete offensive wasteland as we've seen over the last year and a half with all of the injuries the team's been dealing with. Yeah. Uh, you took, uh, my guy, you took Zeke. Uh, I was going to say Zeke and I'll still say Zeke because I think he's the obvious choice. I think uh, with the bench, the Nuggets don't have a true backup five. I think Zeke is probably the closest thing to filling that role. He and Bones Highland had a pretty good chemistry going before you know he got hurt uh, with bilateral knee soreness, I believe it was, missed the rest of the season after February 11th. Uh, but before that, leading up to it, about the... Uh, 
month leading up to it or so, he really started putting together a lot of things. He was rebounding more. He was playing more physical. He was getting into guys. He, at least on the offensive end, he was rebounding, I believe, 10% of the team's misses on the offensive end of things. He was still struggling uh, with defensive rebounding. But you started seeing more of a five come out in his mindset. And I think that's something that will be valuable. Add on to the fact that he's a really switchable big. He can do a lot of different defensive coverages. You can switch it up uh, from what you do with Jokic with a switch all if you wanted to. And the bench certainly has personnel to do that. He can also play, you know, drop coverage or blitz or whatever. And he's also a hell of a shooter. He's a knockdown shooter from the corners. He shot, I think, 46.8% from three or something like that. He puts on a shooting clinic anytime he's, you know, left open or spaces the floor very well. Everything you touched on, I agree with. And, you know, Devon Reed. Also a fantastic player. Does everything you want from a role player, really. Um, Yeah, those two are the guys I'd have for that. Anything else you'd like to touch on? No, I think that's it. I mean, like we could do the obligatory rookie of the year option, but um, I think we can both agree that really the only rookie we really expect to see get regular minutes is Christian Brown. And Mm -hmm. uh, while Brown has looked, um, looked a little rough in summer league, I know we talked about it. Uh, on our last pod that we kind of expect him to iron those those issues out uh, playing with playing with more veterans having less pressure on him to be the guy where he was the guy in summer league and hey guess what you've never played NBA minutes before of any kind guess what now you're gonna go ahead and go play summer league against some of the best non stars in the league you're gonna play against other top draft picks so have fun so I think that he'll uh, iron some of that stuff out, but I don't really have any other superlatives. I think we need to touch on today. I think if we want uh, mm-hmm. to like, we might have some more stuff like this as we get closer to the season. But other than that, I don't have anything other than Jokic is the team MVP. And if he's not the team MVP, there's it's one of two things. We talked about this right before we got started. It's he got hurt or someone went absolutely nuclear bonkers level. Great. And we're not going to forecast that today because Jokic is Jokic is inevitable right now. Like he has been the undefeated version of Thanos over the last two seasons. And now he just needs now with a little help, we might see some pretty crazy stuff for a Nuggets franchise that has been very, very close to achieving great levels of play over the last three years. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, As always, you can find me and gauges, you know, written work, uh, for the Nuggets on Denver Stiffs. You can find Gage and his sports betting stuff, his football stuff on his Twitter at uh, GRichardNFL. That'll also be linked in the episode notes of this uh, episode. You can find my stuff, uh, whether it be draft related, like I do uh, throughout the year, whether it be Nuggets related, or if I'm on podcasts or anything as a guest, that'll be all on my Twitter at AsherLeaveNBA. That'll also be linked in the episode notes. So with that being said, thank you for listening. Hope you have a fantastic day. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.